A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. For justice, myjustice.com. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Welcome to the month of November, but I'll tell you, temperature-wise, it's going to feel anything but November-ish by the end of this week. Can you believe it? We'll be up almost near 70 degrees by the time we get to Friday. How are you? I'm Pam Yonke. So glad you're along with us as we kind of kick off the month of November. Hopefully you didn't blow away yesterday. Man, oh man, those winds were formidable. Now, everything's going to settle down to a large extent today. We're expecting a sunny day on the way. Temperatures right around 52 degrees. Dry again tomorrow and 63. Wednesday, sunshine and 63. By the time we get to Thursday, believe it or not, we could see temperatures in the upper 60s. Amazing. We'll find out if that's truly what's happening or if there's another little issue we've got to pay attention to, namely moisture. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist has weather details coming up. How are things going in Eau Claire at the northern end of the world's longest barn? Bob Bosol joins the Midwest Farm Report in just moments to update you on the latest agriculture happenings. Copier Financial is proud to support hardworking farmers and their families during this harvest season. As you work relentlessly to feed, clothe, and fuel the world, we want to wish you a safe and bountiful harvest and say thank you for all you do. Give your local Compere team a call at 844-426-6733 or visit Compere.com for lending, crop insurance, appraisal, and other financial needs. Compere Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender. To the soybean farmer who knows the early rise, who's there even when times are hardest, whose fingers bless Wisconsin soil, who sows in our hearts and grows for our children. To the soybean farmer, we stand with you. Strengthen the voice of Wisconsin farmers. Join the Wisconsin Soybean Program at wisoybean.org. Well, we've flipped another page on the old calendar. Sure hope that your uh, trick-or-treating over the weekend went well. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I'll tell you what, uh, when it comes to flipping the page, uh, moving along, we've got to keep an eye on deadlines. Bob, you got a chance to update us on a very popular program through the federal government that a lot of Wisconsin farmers generally tap into, huh? Absolutely. First things first, did uh, you and Buck give all the Halloween candy away or is it worth a visit to your house? You know, I'll tell you what, this year I I had to forgo the, the trick-and-treat candy because my husband won't leave it alone. So, sorry kids, uh, we'll catch you next year. <laughs> all right, but yes, Pam, you're right because we do have sign-up. Sign-up for farmers, dairy farmers, dairy margin coverage, farmers and other producers, CFAP programs, but don't forget about the EQIP program, the Environmental Quality Incentives Program. Sign-up is going on right now. We talked to Ryan Gerlich with the National Resources Conservation Service, and Ryan is the program manager for that program in Wisconsin. And I asked Ryan, how the, what exactly is EQIP, and uh, maybe more importantly, how does that sign-up work? Yeah, thanks, Bob. Uh, the EQIP program sign-up deadline is coming up on November 20th. And EQIP provides 
financial and technical assistance from our staff and partners to eligible ag and private forest landowners. And the purpose of it is to implement conservation practices and activities that benefit a wide array of uh, natural resources on our landscape here in Wisconsin. So I tell people it helps benefit anything from trout streams to manure application and forestry practices. Uh, so what you can expect is to get a hold of one of our field offices across the state, uh, find out where that is. It's usually in your county seat. And talk to the district conservationist about how you can apply. And what they will do is work through a planning process with you. They'll find out your goals and objectives and find out if there's something that can help benefit your farming operation or your woodlands or uh, what have you. So for the landowner or the farmer that sees maybe some scars on the land that they would like to correct, they don't have to just go to the NRCS and apply and say, I need some money because I want to fix the stream bank or something like that. You've got people at NRCS that will help them draw up a plan so that it's more readily acceptable by the powers that be that make these decisions? That is correct. Uh, our folks can go out to the field, and right now is a great time. Farmers are out there harvesting, as we all know, and they are finding those ruts and gullies and seeing what the growing season has done to their fields. Um, I also encourage just anybody that owns land, we have a, a lot of folks that own farmland but may not be out there working and are leasing it out. Uh, those folks as well may know what's going on on their land and come in. Uh, we will work on a plan and we will work on a design and we will help you through that process. Uh, you mentioned stream banks, but something like that that needs a permit, uh, we can help get you the information that you need so that you can go and apply to the DNR or the powers that be to help get the paperwork in place so that you can do this all correctly. This was called for in the 2018 Farm Bill. I know last year Wisconsin got over $33 million. Was that the cap or was there more money available and how is this rationed out to states? $33 million is what we were given for the EQIP program for our various fund pools. There's not necessarily a cap, but that's what we got from from national headquarters and, and what we were spent. We always get more applications than we get money. So we do prioritize the applications based on is it addressing one of our priority resource concerns? Uh, is it addressing water quality, soil erosion? Uh, is it addressing um, healthy forests? and what have you. We have some stuff that's very fun pool specific, um, such as on-farm energy, uh, such as uh, high tunnels, um, but we spend what we're given. How do we know if a practice is going to be accepted? You mentioned on-farm energy, high tunnels, and things like that, but is this strictly also one-on-one, a farmer applies or a landowner applies, or sometimes we have groups that own land. Can they apply as a group? What What's all involved here? A single person, individual can apply. Entities can apply. Uh, typically, we don't see uh, a group of farmers coming together under one contract. A, a contract is for a specific individual or an entity. Multiple, multiple people could be on that contract. But otherwise... Um, 
what's involved is come in and talk to your district conservationist. If you have an idea of what you want to do, great. If you don't have an idea, they can help guide you and tell you what you may be eligible for for these practices and these various fund pools and our, our priorities. Now, looking at the money that is available, is this direct payments? I'm thinking of the conservation or the coronavirus food assistance program. That's a check sent to farmers. For the equip program, is this cost sharing? In other words, if the government gives you X number of thousands of dollars or whatever, you have to kick in a like amount or half amount? How does that work? Our payments are, are flat rate payments. So you get a payment for, say, every foot of grass waterway that you need or for maybe every acre of cover crops that you install. It's just a flat rate payment. If it covers 75% of the input costs, great. And that's the intent. It, 75% for most practices. If, uh, if it covers more than that, great. In some cases, maybe it costs less. Um, we work every year to revamp our payment schedule so that it, it's based on as much realistic data as we can gather. And as we look forward into the money that is going to be available for practices, are there some practices that are given higher priority as far as maybe a higher number? Well, every fund pool is a little bit different, but we work with a lot of stakeholders to develop what our priorities are in the state. Uh, our priorities uh, are probably what you could guess they are. It's water quality. It's improving soil health is a really big priority right now. It's controlling erosion. It's making sure we have a healthy working land out there. They're not making more farmland, and they're not making more soil or, or water. So we are trying to protect what we have to the best of our ability and work with our farmers, producers, landowners to get that job done. And wildlife habitat falls into this too, doesn't it? It sure does. We have a lot of practices to help address wildlife, too. Uh, we have um, some plantings out there for native grasses, uh, trees. If you have existing forests, we have practices to go in and help uh, control invasive species, maybe help thin out the forest. If we have uh, too, much, too much growth going on, like a lot of uh, maple saplings are coming in, and we want to restore that to uh, a, a different type of forest habitat, maybe oak savanna, maybe it should be a northern hardwood forest or what have you, but everything is site-specific. Ryan Gerlich is with us, the Equip Program Manager in Wisconsin, as we are in the period of sign-up for Equip Funds for 2021. And Ryan, November 20th is the deadline for getting these applications in. What kind of a timeline is there, and how does this work? Goes to the state first, and then to Washington for a final decision? And if that's the way it does, how long will it take before we uh, know whether or not we've gotten a contract? We will be uh, evaluating all the applications that we get by November 20th to make sure that folks are eligible and help them uh, update their eligibility or get their eligibility for the first time if needed. We work with our sister agency, the Farm Service Agency, to help get some of that done. We will be evaluating these at a, at a local level uh, in the field office that you go in and apply to. Uh, we rank these. And we will be making some decisions around uh, January, uh, February, so that when the snow thaws this spring, we'll be ready to implement these contracts. What kind of a time limit do we have 
to get these contracts done. I know different contracts, different practices are going to take different lengths of time, but do they all have to be done within calendar year 2021 where the money is allocated for? They do not have to be implemented fully in that first year. We ask that something is implemented within the first 12 months, but all these contracts are very unique and specific to the individual individuals applying, and we will work with you on a on a schedule to make sure that the implementation makes sense and works for the the producer that's signing up. But the process, as of right now, is full speed ahead for producers that want to get some equipped funding, right, in the state? It is, yes. Please get in, contact your local district conservationist. If you're not sure who that is, where that is, I would ask that you visit our website, www.wi.nrcs.usda.gov, and in there, there's a tab that says Contact Us, and you can search wherever you're at in the country, down to the state, down to the county level, and find out who your local contact is. He's Ryan Garlick. He's the Equip Program Manager in Wisconsin. Sign-up is going on right now until November 20th. And, Ryan, how much enthusiasm have we had in the past? $33 million is a lot of money, but... Uh, have you been happy with the number of respondents that have replied and applied for this money over the past few years? Yeah, we have. We we have people coming in our office daily asking how to apply. We get new people in the door that have, have not heard about it in the past, and that's always exciting. And we have people that come in every year and are, are regulars. All uh, right. Equip program for funding for 2021 is underway until November 20th. Ryan Gerlach, our Equip Program Manager in Wisconsin, explaining the program. I'm Bob Bosol. Can't get enough farm news? The stories you hear and more 24-7 at MidwestFarmReport.com. Stay tuned as we'll be right back. My friend Carly, my friend Anu, the cab driver, the hostess, our waiter, a bouncer, the bartender, random guy, cute guy, and I don't know, maybe 30 strangers? That's a lot of people for a night out, so I'm staying home instead, just for now. I do it for future house parties and tailgating and a better 2021, but it helps everyone in Wisconsin. Find out how to protect what matters to you at dhs.wisconsin.gov COVID-19. Carrier has a complete line of home heating products to keep your family comfortable this winter without burning your budget. With smart temperature management and remote access options, it's easier than ever to control your home's climate. And Carrier energy-efficient systems can help reduce utility bills without sacrificing comfort. For more complete comfort and greater peace of mind, turn to your Carrier expert. Call your Carrier factory-authorized dealer, Parker Heating and Cooling in Madison. Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed... 
We mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Sows, cows, plows. Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. Well, I'm going to spend a good part of today collecting the rest of my lawn furniture that's now up against the side of my fence. That wind was something crazy yesterday. Stumach Ag Meteorologist along with us. I guess if I try to put a positive spin on it, if I still do have crop standing out there, and hopefully it's still standing, at least it was uh, drying things out a little bit. Uh, give the wind that. Yeah, I've got the roundup as well. There's stuff all over the yard that's got to be drawn back in, but still a little breezy today. But like you say, it did help to dry things out, dried out the topsoil very nicely. And that breeze today is still helping to dry that topsoil, dry down what crops hopefully are still standing and not flattened over because we are starting into a very fine week. A low pressure system's moved way off to far northeast parts of the U.S., That's where there's some rain and even snow this morning. Uh, Looking at New York and Pennsylvania, they're having a little rain in those states. Uh, That not a snow, excuse me, not a problem for us. It's all pulling away. We'll be having several dry days, a little breezy yet today, and then we start to warm it up for the rest of the week. I'll have the forecast right after this. A history of success means proven performance, but let's call performance what it is profitability. And boosting yours, no matter what the season brings, is the goal of DeKalb Brand Corn. Backed by exclusive genetics, whole farm solutions, and unmatched dealer support. Let nothing shake your perseverance. Ask your dealer how DeKalb Brand Corn can help you realize a future of performance. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Oh, for a change, I like what you're bringing us on a Monday, Stu. Give me more details. Well, it ought to be pretty enjoyable. Sunny skies, still a bit breezy. Low to mid-50s. Low 50s up toward Eau Claire. Everybody else starting to push a bit higher. Southwest winds, 5 to 15. They could still gust near 30 today. We stay clear overnight. Low and mid-30s with the west winds about 5 to 10. Sunny Tuesday. How about this one? Low, maybe even a mid-60 in western Wisconsin. Southwest winds 5 to 15. Could be a bit gusty. And Wednesday, mostly sunny. Low and mid-60s again. Southwest winds 5 to 15. Enjoy it, Pam. I think Thursday, probably the warmest day of the week. Thursday or Friday, kind of a toss-up there. It will cool somewhat in the weekend. And lacrosse to Eau Claire, there may be a small bit of rain edging in as we look toward later Sunday, otherwise dry through the week. Yeah, and like you said, beautiful right on into almost next week too, huh? Yeah, and then there's cold air out there. Well, let, just, 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 just stop, just stop, stop, stop. See, you just don't know well, when... It's Monday. You got to plan ahead, Pam. Oh, Take advantage this week. Yeah, and if I know this weather situation in Wisconsin, by the time we get to Thursday or Friday, it's going to change drastically, probably. Well, make the best of it. That's right. We will. Thanks, Stu. We'll catch you tomorrow. All right. See ya. 
Stumach, our ag meteorologist, with the weather details. Yes, that indeed, I am happy to report to you this morning. Now listen, uh, we always want to remind you that uh, we only have so much time here on the radio to talk to you, but we do have all kinds of news that we want to bring your way. Best way to stay up to speed on what's happening as it happens, just follow us, MidwestFarmReport.com. You can even sign up at that website for an email blast every morning, coming up right around now. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. This election season, we imagine you're sick and tired of political ads. So, you'll be happy to know this is a plain old ad for Wiffles Hybrids. As the fastest growing seed corn brand in the Central Corn Belt, you might say Wiffles is the winner of the popular vote because more farmers than ever are planting Wiffles. When you make your planting pick this season, vote independent. Vote Wiffles Hybrids. Wiffles Hybrids is sorry this ended up sounding like a political ad after all. Need to schedule plumbing, HVAC, or electrical service, but are too busy to call during the day? The Dave Jones team makes scheduling convenient. Just text them and get connected directly to their service team. Send them a text at the same number you'd call, and Dave Jones will promptly get you on the schedule. After all, Dave Jones is your trusted service partner. Dave Jones. DaveJonesInc.com. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling the shine and diamonds but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days they may have that traditional feel that traditional customer service but they also have the new modern looks of today stop in and take a look at their jewelry case talk to the staff find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create go online goodmansjewelers.com As a business owner, you rely on a lot of people to keep things up and running. Hey, you're not the only one who'd like to kick your IT provider to the curb. Compel Consulting has become the most trusted source of computer services, pain-free. Compel works to eliminate the hassles and headaches that technology can bring, helping business owners increase productivity and make more money. Schedule a free technology assessment with Compel today and be more productive tomorrow. Visit CompelNetworks.com. Compel Consulting, professional IT solutions, just like having family in the IT biz. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. Over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event! Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise 
forever kept. A promise of battles won. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at RuralMutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. When you choose from several options, you're likely going to save money. That's what a family-owned, independent insurance place like ours can do. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our best is the very least we can do. Ryan Braun, I don't I do not care that he used steroid PEDs. I don't care. At the time I did, but now I don't care. Your stance on Ryan Braun and he was one of you, wasn't he your favorite player growing up? Yeah, Ryan Braun was my favorite player basically since he got to the team in in September, in uh, May of 2007 cuz he it was hyped up because he went through the minor leagues pretty quickly. Ryan Braun was it was going to be him and Prince Fielder's team, right? Cuz mm-hmm. Prince Fielder had got there I think he reached in, I believe it was 05 for a part of that season and then had his first full year in 06. Ryan Braun reached the big leagues in May of 07. So they 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 were in the big leagues and young players right around within a year of each other. And you thought, man, these two together, the Brewers might have something here. If they can big find some, they can find some pitching, they might they might really have something yeah, here. Yeah, big time. I was always a Ryan Braun guy over a Prince Fielder guy. I always thought Ryan Braun had a more complete game than Prince Fielder did. Well, he did. You could just look at him like, yeah, Ryan Braun can do a little more on the field than Prince can. Well, and it was just hitting for average because Ryan Braun was hitting over 300 at that time, Mm -hmm. hitting for power. He He could steal bases. He was at the time an average fielder with a good arm. Yep. Prince Fielder was the huge slugger. That uh, still hit for a decent hey, he average. Was, he was awesome to watch. Nothing better when Prince Fielder would hit that bomb and then untuck his shirt and go running. But he wasn't ever going to steal 20 bases a year. If, he, he was never going to be like this big time like Golden Glove Award winner. Just the vision of Prince Fielder stealing a base is hilarious. But, and I, I cheered hard for Ryan Braun for a long time. I was I defended him and said, no way, he's innocent. He wouldn't do that, blah, blah, blah. He's been... He's been great since his inception into the big leagues. Mm-hmm. And then when he came out with that press conference, like both of us, I think a lot of Brewer fans had his back. Yeah, we, oh we yeah believed totally. Him. We believed him. And then when he got off, yeah, wasn't it technically like the policy? Yeah, they, and, they and took the, the samples procedures home or the procedures of, were broken. Of the worker were incorrect. Yes. And 
were a little sketchy. Yeah. Then yeah, you're like, okay, yeah, totally. This okay, is yeah, it. this guy's a Cubs fan. He's you know he broke protocol. Yada yada yada. But then when he came out and tested positive about a year later, yeah, yeah, you just lost all faith in him. You're like, you literally just straight up lied because if you weren't doing it, you wouldn't have tested positive again the next year. Right. And it just happened that. Yeah, Ryan Braun was a good, good player, an all-star caliber player. But those two years where he was linked to the PEDs were his MVP and and nearly MVP years where his his statistics were just even that much better. Yeah. And then you have to start digging into Ryan Braun's career. Dig deeper. Hey. You, you see that he was a great baseball player at the University of Miami, the U. It was really good. Well, obviously, where was Biogenesis? It was also located in Miami. Miami, Florida. And... I believe it was him and A-Rod had worked out together, too, while he was in college. Well, wasn't Bronny in all those papers, too? He was in, in some of those, uh, I the guess. The Biogenesis papers? And that's, and that's where it gets weird. You go, okay, well, was he just using HGH or these performance-enhancing drugs from you know 2011 to 2013, like it sounds like he somewhat admitted to? Mm-hmm. Or did he really? Because if you look at his Miami stats, he was freshman of the year. He was as a, a beast. As a freshman. He was a beast. And then all of a sudden, his sophomore year, he started having, I believe it was like oblique and ribcage injuries, mm-hmm. which is what we've seen a lot with the, with the Brewers, right? A lot of obliques, a lot of uh, hamstrings, groins, yep. a lot of nagging injuries. That would have been in 2004. That would have been the, around the same time that a lot of that stuff was going on in Miami. There, there's like known facts that he was working out at camps with A-Rod in Miami. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, say you started getting those injuries. Hey, man, take some of this stuff. It'll get you better. It'll, it'll keep you feeling right. Just don't tell anyone. Exactly. Do, do we think peeling back the layers that this could have started in 2004 and that's why he rose through the minor leagues literally in like a year it and was a an, half? It was an epic rise. But okay, with all that, let's say With Ryan all that Brun- being said, if he still would have came out in 2012 – in that original date where where he was blaming it on the worker mm-hmm. and said, yes, I did it to stay healthy and stay on the field, kind of like an Andy Pettit did, Yeah, everyone would have forgiven him and would have understood why he did it. Yeah. But just the, you gotta the, come clean. the denial and being able to say that to people that loved you and the people that cared about you and supported you and to completely lie to them and throw them under the bus and make you look like idiots – that's the part you that hurts. There's a that, lot of respect yeah. for someone. Every, everyone was hurt by that. I've I've forgiven Ryan Braun, and I'm what I don't care. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Alrighty, so here we are already, the third day of November. Notable items on this day back in 1936: Franklin Delano Roosevelt won in Rock County as the first Democratic presidential nominee that that county had voted for in 74 years. On this day in 1998, Tommy Thompson won his fourth term in the state of Wisconsin as our governor. And another item of note, 1954, the movie Godzilla was released. So a lot of combination of notables on a day like this. Hey, speaking of um, notable items, last week the Department of Interior announced that they were going to delist the gray wolf in the Great Lakes region. Of course, that includes Wisconsin. I'll tell you what, we know that that's probably going to be challenged again in court, but for the time being, 
Some livestock owners that have been impacted by the gray wolf can breathe a sigh of relief. Now the state will be back in control of monitoring that population and taking control. Well, Josh got a chance to visit with one of those livestock owners that's been negatively impacted by the wolf, and we've got that story on a Monday. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday. Actually, it's happening this week. Monumental week for Wisconsin's meat industry. On Friday, they will finally dedicate the Meat Science and Animal Biologics Discovery Center on the UW-Madison campus. This is monumental. This is a $57.1 million investment in meat science in the state. A total of 256 donors, both companies and individuals, primarily from the state's meat industry, contributed to the project. The building itself covers about 67,540 square feet. It is mammoth. One of the guys that's been involved in the project since its very beginning, Dr. Jeff Sindelar, meat scientist, who has been not only monitoring construction, but now has to monitor all the systems within that building. And he makes a good point. In light of COVID-19, the quicker they can get in, the better the state of Wisconsin will be. This is one of the most complicated uh, and technical buildings the state of Wisconsin has ever built that is housed anywhere on a university campus in the state of Wisconsin. So that alone should uh, help people understand that it's not a, that, that it's not a simple task. So we have been working towards what's called vertical startup, right? And that's where you do, you, you do a ton, ton, and ton of work to try to get to a point where you can essentially, um, you know, like buying a new house put the key in the door, open it, and everything works. And it being a very technical building, uh, very complex, lots of things don't work. So we are working through carefully, methodically, and efficiently as possible trying to get um, the building to work uh, so that it can really see uh, or or, or we can see the realization of the original vision back at design, start design back in 2016 of what the building can do, and so that users – uh, on on campus can start doing great things and stakeholders on and off campus can start reaping the benefits and value so that we can start doing awesome stuff for the state of Wisconsin meat and poultry industry as well as animal agriculture industry. Yeah, and Jeff, the thing that people need to realize is uh, this is kind of a, a hybrid, a very special hybrid, because it is a federally inspected meat harvesting location, which complicates your verification process all the more. Absolutely. So some of the things that makes this, this building very technical is not only the technology and equipment and all, all those fancy bells and whistles and buttons and computer screens and all that kind of stuff, but but what, but really what, what what drives this is the program. So we have within a academic building, which is designed for carrying out the land-grant mission of teaching, research, and outreach. We also happen to have a 25,000-square-foot meat and poultry processing facility where we can harvest animals and take that product or take those animals all the way to a a final consumer uh, um, uh, level uh, in a facility which is inspected or overseen uh, by the United States Department of Agricultural uh, uh, or USDA. We also have a separate facility, which is a BSL two, a biosafety level two facility, where we can, where 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 we will be working with with pathogenic bacteria to improve food safety through discovery, testing, and so forth, which has a different set of uh, rules and regulations and oversight. Uh, so lots and lots of different programmatic things that are happening under this, you know, 
State Building on a university campus at UW-Madison. Boy, it, uh, and, and knowing the passion that you put into this project, it's got to be just frustrating. Is there, are there baby steps that the general public will be able to witness, Jeff, once the dedication's complete? Absolutely. So for sure, you know, we do have the uh, uh, MSABD, Meat Science Animal Biology Discovery website, uh, which you can Google that or go to our Department of Animal and Dairy Sciences website to find a link. Um, you can connect with the building um, virtually. Uh, our retail store, which is called uh, Bucky's Varsity Meats, uh, is open. It has been open for about a month now, and that opening is only virtual. So you can go online, you can order products, you can uh, do some custom uh, ordering uh, via our, meat, our, our our retail store manager, his name is Mitch Munson, uh, and you can actually buy products that we are currently producing uh, in small quantities, in small volumes, because we are operating at a, uh, a, a low, lower level because of the current situations, you know, current health situation in, in, in the state. But we are making products in the building and then selling them through our retail store, uh, Bucky's Varsity Meats. So there you go. That uh, beautiful building, Meat Science and Animal Biologics Discovery Center, to be dedicated on Friday. That's Dr. Jeff Sindelar, one of the meat scientists that has been watching the project develop all along. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board and BadgerBean.com, helping farmers grow sustainable crops to feed a hungry planet. Focus on the future. Farm First represents dairy farmers in the halls of Congress and provides test verification, disaster assistance, and youth scholarship benefits. Farm First Dairy Co-op. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. Well, it looks like I will not be packing my bags for Commodity Classic. They have announced that the show will now be going virtual. The annual conference and trade show had been scheduled to take place the first week of March in San Antonio, Texas, but now they're going to a digital format. The new convention format is going to take place during the first week of March, but they're still working out details. Anthony Bush, representing the National Corn Growers and co-chair of the 2021 Commodity Classic, said after careful deliberation, they determined the COVID-19 restrictions would prevent them from delivering the type of high-quality experience that people would expect. He said they are working right now on transitioning to the online format and will be getting details out to growers as they become available. So Commodity Classic now going virtual. Markets are uh, anxious in overnight trade uh, facing the election tomorrow. We've got December corn down about a nickel at 393. November soybeans, they're down a dime, currently at 1046. July new crop wheat, that's down six cents right now at 586 a bushel. Friday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained six cents to 253. 40-pound black cheese was up a penny at 278 and a quarter. Double A butter dropped four cents on Friday to $1.39 per pound. Fluid milk is mixed in overnight activity. Your November milk down 12 right now at 2378 a hundredweight. December milk up a nickel at 2050 a hundredweight. All the other contract months, at least for right now, are unchanged. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board and BadgerBean.com, helping farmers grow sustainable crops to feed a hungry planet. Focus on the future. Farm First represents dairy farmers in the halls of Congress and provides test verification, disaster assistance, and youth scholarship benefits. Farm First Dairy Co-op. 
Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. Johnson Tractor has new Case IH equipment on hand ready for immediate delivery. And 0% financing makes it really easy. Find year-end savings on in-stock Case IH combines, tractors, and planters. Johnson Tractor will sweeten the deal when you trade in your current unit. Call Johnson Tractor today and find yourself in a new Case IH for a great price. Johnson Tractor, Janesville and Judah. Johnson Tractor from land to lawn. With a suite of metal roof this time of the year, the snow will slide off, keeping you from having to shovel it yourself. And it can prevent major ice dams. These are things you won't have to worry about. Contact us and get on our calendar as soon as you can. We'll help you plan for a beautiful metal roof. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a suite of metal roof. S-W-I-T-A metalroofing.com Suite of metal roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. At Tom's Auto Center, we're known for being up front with our auto repairs. And name brand new tires. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. Goodyear, Firestone, Brigstone, Michelin, BF Goodrich, Continental, and Kelly Tires. We carry and install them all. When you need new tires, Tom's Auto Center will make sure you leave happy. Tom's Auto Center. Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, as we wrap her up on a Monday morning, big announcement last week from the Department of Interior, the gray wolf no longer on the endangered species list. Now, granted, we expect that this is going to be challenged in court yet again, but on the short term, it's bringing some much-needed relief to a lot of livestock owners that have been in battle with the wolf. Josh Gramlin joins us this morning. Josh, go ahead and break it down for us, would you? Gray wolves are no longer on the endangered species list as they have officially been delisted and now are under the management of the state as opposed to the federal government. So what exactly does this mean? Well, wolves no longer have have their federal protections. And once it's all said and done, it will be the Wisconsin DNR that oversees the state's wolves. So just to give you some numbers, Wisconsin's gray wolf population has grown from 14, yes, like 1-4, in 1985 to more than 1,000 as of the latest DNR count in the spring of this year. This story is long from being over, as some conservation groups have threatened to file lawsuits, and we don't know exactly how that will play out. But what I can tell you right now is that there are some Wisconsin farmers, especially in the central and northern part of the state, that were very happy to see this announcement as they have been having problems with wolves attacking their livestock. Ryan Klusendorf is a dairy farmer in Taylor County. My farm's located... In central Wisconsin and Taylor County, we farm east of Medford, and we milk about 120 cows. We rotationally graze, so, you know, we move our cows around all the time, handle them pretty easy to handle. Same with our young stock, rotated on pasture, and pretty much easy to work with. Now, Ryan, you have had problems with gray wolves, so tell me when exactly these issues arose, and then what type of problems exactly is it that you've had? Uh, It started already experience with wolves started a few years ago i want to say back in like 2011 maybe and we had heifers out in pasture and were constantly getting out one summer and we knew when we got them back that they were agitated they you know huge flight risk they would not you could not handle them 
And when we would get calls and they'd say where they are, they'd be a mile away from the farm down the state highway. And we were just like, this is not normal. If our animals would get out, they would go to the next paddock and you'd find them there eating, eating in the pasture. And that happened about three times. The third time we ended up getting the animals at a large citation. And we tried to explain to the sheriff's department every time they were out what we were dealing with, that it was wildlife at the time we thought it was coyotes or something. And then finally that fall, we had a cow get uh, attacked by wolves and killed out on pasture. And that's, you know, experience I would never want to deal with again. And it's something you don't understand it until you actually deal with it, the nightmare you're going through, and the anxiety, the loss of sleep you have to deal with. Some people say, well, you got a loss you get from the state, and that should be good enough. Well, it's not with all the other stuff you have to deal with. Well, I'm certainly sorry to hear that that happened. I don't wish that on anybody. But, Ryan, just how tied were your hands when it came to this sort of thing? Because when wolves were on the endangered species list up until recently, if a wolf was attacking your cows, you couldn't really do anything about it. Right. With uh, the wolves being a protect an endangered species act, we couldn't do anything to protect them. And if we did, I mean, we could be prosecuted in federal court and have a felony on our on our record. But you know, so we're happy to see that finally the, the Department of Interior the time to look at this and say wolves have reached population levels where they wanted to see them and took the steps to get them remo- removed from the Endangered Species Act. I mean, that's the whole purpose of the Endangered Species Act was to give time for these endangered species and get a healthy population where they can be returned to state control. And that's what we've been working for for the past 10 years to get control back. And hopefully this time there won't be a judicial review of this and that this ruling will stick and we can move on with life and be able to protect our animals. Okay, so now that they are off the list, I know like from here it's in the state control. Do you have any indication as to what the state is going to do? Like are they going to make them legal to hunt? What are you thinking is going to happen? Um, Well, from what I understand, it takes 60 days for the, you know, I guess the, them to be technically off the endangered species list. I don't know if the date is from the time that they announced it at this event over in Minnesota or if it's going to be a few days from now. But so somewhere towards the end of the year, I'm thinking it'll be finalized. And then farmers in Wisconsin should have the ability to protect your livestock without being, you know, prosecuted by it that you're protecting your livelihood. And, you know, we're still working on trying to figure out how soon a hunting and trapping season could put in place. And, you know, really the thing is, I mean, we're not looking to eradicate wolf population because we know what's needed for the ecosystem of Wisconsin. We just want to make sure we have the ability to protect our families and protect our livestock and make sure the ecosystem works in harmony with the people we live with in our communities. Ryan Klusendorf, a Taylor County dairy farmer who has had problems with gray wolves, is along with me right now. Ryan, you're the person I'm talking to right now because you're an, a big advocate for the wolves being delisted. But you're not the only Wisconsin farmer that has had these type of issues. And maybe I'm getting this wrong, but wasn't it one of your neighbors that had a flock of sheep and wolves attacked their flock? Is that right? That, yeah. Um, not technically the neighbor, but here they're down in southern Wisconsin. Yes, there's been more 
depredation instances in uh, here in the last few weeks. You know, people seem to think wolves are just here in the northern part of Wisconsin, up in the Northwoods, but they have moved south. I mean, I don't know how far south, but this is, you know, southern Wood County. So it's, you're, you know, reaching the middle of the state here. But, I mean, it's been as bad as kids can't go out to the school bus because wolves are out in the driveway and, you know, don't have the fear of human anymore. Well, and in your neck of the woods, from what you've been telling me, it's not all too crazy to see a gray wolf running around. No, it's not. I mean, every now and then we'll see them. Or, I mean, even a week ago, I had some heifers out and their fence was ripped down. And, you know, I can't say for sure it was wolves, but it was definitely something because when we found them, they were in different groups split up. They were not normal behavior. You know, the kind of the same behavior I described before, where when we found them, they weren't, you know, they had their ears up, head up, kind of anxiety, anxious, couldn't handle them that well. So we know they're around and are just happy that we can finally protect our our livestock and hopefully, you know, get a little fear back in the wolf population so they're not, not around, can get a handle on it and manage them safely. When you finally heard last Thursday that the gray wolves were going to be taken off the endangered species list, what was your reaction? Were you excited? I guess it was more of a relief. I mean, even talking to a lot of other farmers, they were relieved when they heard this. Some of them I talked to said, hey, this is the first night we got a good sleep, knowing that we have the capabilities of protecting our animals again. So it definitely excited, definitely relieved to see this happen, but there's still work to do. And we need to make sure, even there's still some bills out in Washington, just to make sure that there is no judicial review of this. So it's still important to contact your elected officials, contact the Wisconsin DNR, say you want to see a hunting and trapping season happen in the state. And you know, continue to speak up what you believe in. That is dairy farmer Ryan Klusendorf of Taylor County. He milks about 120 cows, and in the past he has had some issues with gray wolves. They even killed one of his cows a few years back, and ever since then he's been a big advocate for delisting the gray wolf. And this past Thursday, him and so many other Wisconsin farmers got their wish as the gray wolf was taken off of the endangered species list, meaning that it no longer has its federal protection. The state's wolf population will be managed by the Wisconsin DNR. But as I said, this story is long from being over as there are some conservation groups that are threatening lawsuits regarding this. And at this point, we really don't know what the next step is. We will keep you updated on this story. And for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Sign up for daily agriculture updates by joining our email list. Head to Midwest Farm Report.